Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the consistently cloaked cornetist, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation, developed to provide valuable information to all trumpet players while not taking ourselves too seriously. The World Trumpet Federation is home to the Open Bell podcast, helpful videos, and thought-provoking articles to help you and your students manage your growth and development. If you're looking for a fresh perspective or just need a fellow trumpet player to tell you that you're doing it wrong, think WTF and go to theworldtrumpetfederation.com. And Mark Custom Recording. Located in Clarence, New York, Mark Custom Recording has been a leader in the recording industry for years. Specializing in on-site recordings for your ensemble or major festivals across the United States and abroad, Mark Moret and his team are prepared to capture your most significant musical moments on-site with studio quality. Their extensive library also allows you to find wonderful reference recordings for yourself and your students. Looking to press your next project? No problem. Mark Custom can record you and then produce your product digitally, create download cards, and make CDs. Even press vinyl if you want. And Mark has full digital distribution through all the major online streaming platforms. For full service recording and production, go to www.markcustom.com and tell Mark that the boys at the Open Bell Podcast sent you. The Open Bell is comprised of three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to discuss, debate, and deliberate information that we deem important to trumpeting life. Gentlemen, shall we? Warming up is brought to you once again today by our friends at Chop Saver Lip Treatment. Professional trumpeter Dan Gosling has created the most amazing lip treatment that works in all conditions, and it's all natural. You should also go to ChopSaver.com to check it out. Dan has a blog and some other interesting, helpful information as well. If you're a performer, educator, or hey, even just someone who has lips, don't delay. Switch to ChopSaver today. Brian, what sort of half-Yankee harassment do you have in store for us today? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, for when it's uh, for when the, the episode is released, it's not really that topical. But um, at Christmas time, of course, I'm always thinking about uh, brass playing, um, and in particular, playing the cornet. Um, are you saying course, that there are, are, are the times of year where you're not thinking about right. the cornet? <laughs> no, Liar. I'm not saying that. Okay, <laughs> so it is topical. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, a friend of mine posted a picture of a, of a small brass ensemble um, in the middle of a town called Lindley in West mm. Yorkshire in, in the UK. And this is the town where Sarah and the girls and I lived for that year that I was uh, on sabbatical in the UK. And I was part of this band called the Lindley Band. It was about, uh, the band room was about, I don't know, 75 yards from the front door to our flat. Um, it's easy to walk over to rehearsals. And they had a tradition, the band did, of performing at the late evening service at the Lindley Church. Mm. Um, and then in the middle of the service, just before midnight, before the clock tower struck midnight, some of the members of the band would leave the church and go out in the Christmas Eve snow in front of the clock tower and we play hymns. And I got to do that. And a friend of mine, Richard Jones, that's Dr. Richard Jones, mm -hmm. um, 
who played cornet in the Brig House and Rastrick band and um, gave me a lift to rehearsal every every time we had rehearsal with that band. Um, Richard uh, sent a picture because he was doing that gig this year. Uh, and it's just so such a part of the culture and it was so much a part of what we did. It was just really cool and a nice memory to see uh, the band back out when I, there was no snow on the ground this year. When I was there, there was snow on the ground. Uh, mm. It was snowing nonstop the whole time. People, cars stopped in the road to listen. And you know, it's midnight and people stopped causing traffic accidents. Yeah, it was, it was totally cool. <laughs> it was a great memory. It's bad so, enough that they're on the wrong side of the road. Now they're right. stopping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was great. Yeah. That is kind of cool. I was just thinking about that this week. Uh, a lovely little town that I had the pleasure of visiting a few years back, right? Yes. Now, how many times when you left the band hall there, did you stop at Lindley Spice <laughs> for Indian we, food on your way home? Not after, not after <laughs> rehearsal. We were going to the pub. Oh, that's right. Right. <laughs> I, was, I would jump in Neil Jowett's truck and, and we would go to... Um, we went it's an to, order of operations. Yes. yes. <laughs> you, guys will, you guys will appreciate this. Um, there was a pub called um, The Wappy that we would go to. And mm-hmm. um, one time... Uh, Several times, actually, there was a player um, who played, subbed and played extra on flugelhorn. His name was David Pogson, and they called him Poggy. And he played in a band called Diggle. And so after rehearsal one night, none of this is okay, called Sarah and I said, Not coming home yet. I'm off to the the Wappy with Poggy from Diggle. She said, no problem, hung up the phone. <laughs> and thought you were already drunk. That's right. <laughs> I've also been to the Wapi. Yep. Beautiful yeah. place. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Ah, oh, good memories there. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right, Joey, what do you got for us? Well, uh, that's tough to top. It is. Uh, <laughs> as we're gonna talk as we're gonna talk today about uh, uh, listening and what we like to listen to, I wanted to ask you guys this. How do you listen to music now? primarily how are you listening because i found that this i think this has changed a lot over my lifetime so i want to know what's up with you guys wow you're you're ahead of the curve here today because we're we're going to come back to that very issue at the end so this is this is great i think you mean um well mo- you're talking about streaming platforms maybe versus cds versus vinyl or whatever right not just that i mean sure but also uh Open speakers, headphones, oh. earbuds, like where, yeah, like where are you listening? That's where I was going to go later, but this is cool. We'll do it now. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> we should get organized about this. No, no, no. I don't think <laughs> no, we should. No. Take all the spontaneity out. I don't think, it was, I don't think we should. Um, yeah, for me, it's the Bose QC35 headphones. If I really want to do detailed listening, I do have still have open speakers on the stereo uh, in my living room. Great Bose speakers, but uh, headphones are for any kind of detailed listening. Yeah, I've, I have a set of Bose headphones that I like a lot, but I have um, open speakers both at work and here at the house. I have a really nice amplifier um, and a set of Mirage speakers that I just changed the positioning on in the room um, mm-hmm. at Christmas, uh, so they sound much clearer. Um, and so when I really want to listen, I'm listening on speakers, not the, not the headphones, um, but in a bigger space to give some depth to the sound. Um, and I'm trying to listen with with scores or with sheet music. Um, so I, I, if I'm just listening for pure enjoyment, I, I will I don't, don't listen with a, with a score. But I love to I love to watch a, if I'm listening to Mahler, I love to watch with a score 
I had a great experience listening to a Mahler 8 by Bernstein. And he does, it's a live performance, and he does a huge Allergando where one isn't marked. And then he spends like the next eight minutes trying to get out of it. It is hysterical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really funny. Just watching it go by page after page, it's just, it was a riot. But not, not, head, not, I, not uh, earbuds, not any of that crap. And like almost never from the phone or the computer speakers. I just really, I'm not into that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, you know, Growing up, I think, you know, I actually remember saving up $40 to buy like a boombox. Oh, yeah. So in my room growing up, I had, I could listen, cassette tapes, you yeah, know, whatever sure. we had. But then, you know, uh, through college, I think probably most of my listening, you know, being on the road during summers and working stuff, that's where it started going to headphones, you know, because yeah. you're in places. And most of the time, like if on road bands in the four years, out, uh, first four years out of my undergrad, I'm on the road. So... When I'm on the road, I'm always listening in headphones. So always having a good pair of headphones is always worth the money. But when I was home, and I will tell you, this this is just purely for listening pleasure. Uh, there were some times, uh, especially when I was in the Army, where I was a, a little frustrated. It wasn't the best fit for me, as we've discussed. <laughs> I would come home and uh, had a little one-bedroom apartment just uh, not too far from where I worked. And I would play Tetris, right? i just open up my Nintendo, turn that on, mute it. And through some nice speakers, like, and listen through open speakers in my apartment, that I could do. Yeah. Mm. And it was like, oh, yeah. But on the road, what do you do? You're on a bus somewhere, you're in a hotel, you're from somewhere, it's always that. And now I find myself listening more when I'm traveling than when I'm home. So it's still sure. really about right. a good pair of headphones now. Now, I want good speakers, and I've been looking around at different. I've, I haven't gone in with the smart speaker thing for two reasons. One, it's not really my thing. At home, it's not great. And at work, uh, our, our networking system won't let those devices on the network Oh, so that I can't really use them the way that they're intended. Like, I can't come in and say, hey, play this for me. So I haven't really gone that way, even though some of them actually sound really good now. Mm. So I think I'm still at the point of, like, in my office, more times I'm going with good speakers. I've got good speakers here in my office. But even at home, you know, with all the people, and not, we're always doing different things much more in headphones i find myself much more and it, you know i've got a couple of different pairs one noise canceling one not what which headphones do you like i've got some bose noise canceling that are really good mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh I, so i have the qc35s i had the 15s when they first came out and they got mm-hmm. they were broken but th- these are much more sturdy uh as you know i've talked about my son carter who's the pilot bose makes incredible aviation headphones so we yeah. were at a, an air show once and so we walked to the counter where they have these things and they've got this simulated uh, jet engine thing <laughs> running and you put the headphones on and of course it cancels it out. Yeah. So I'm trying to be the cool musician dad, like just along for the ride. I'm like, yeah, I have a set of, you know, both QC 35s. And the guy essentially was like, yeah, those are cute. Um, <laughs> you know, Oh, good, good for you pops. Uh, try these on. And I was like, Oh, this is entirely there is a next level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. Yeah, because the, the, they can talk in a normal voice and hear each other, and it just, it's an incredible technology. Cancels yeah, out. But, engine, but, so. but for those of you listening, a good pair of headphones is worth the money. Spend some money and, and mm-hmm. get a pair so you can really hear stuff the way, the way you want to hear it. Yep, for sure. Yeah, so Bill, what do you got for us today? Well, I, I just wanted to talk about um, this home studio thing. I think we've kind of danced around the topic just a little bit, and I I just want to be encouraging with folks to say that it, it can have a really positive impact on your playing and practicing if you've got a couple of really cool gadgets at home. And I think for not a lot of money, 
a digital interface that goes into your computer, uh, a, a good, a decent mic. You don't have to get crazy with a microphone, but a decent mic uh, and, and a stand and some good headphones. You're, you're, and if you've got GarageBand, you're in business. Yeah. You can start to really be productive and creative and record some things and listen to yourself and share with your students and all that. So if you haven't pulled the trigger to do these things yet, man, go for it. And I'm thinking maybe maybe on the website uh, we could list what we're using. Sure. We can you know, we might just make a uh, suggestion, but, you know, I think we're all using the Scarlett uh, 2i2, the Focusrite interface. Uh, we've got a variety of mics, but the Shure SM58 works for speaking and for playing if you want. Um, yep. my, my headphones are the Sony, the, those, uh, studio monitors, those, and I think they're MD eighties. They're older ones, but they're awesome. They work great. And we're all using GarageBand, right? So, yeah, we're all Mac people. Um, so if you're not a Mac person, that doesn't work as well, but there are other not. really, there, uh, there, there are free alternatives out there that work are very easy to use. Audacity is great. Audacity works program. really well. Yep, yep. absolutely. Yeah. But I think picking up some of this hardware is really, really a great thing. You think about how productive you can be, but it does encourage you to get get on the microphone and play a bit more and record a bit more. So yeah. it's also a great honesty uh, check. As oh, I think you know, we've always, <laughs> I, I remember my teachers <laughs> always telling us, you know, you should record yourself and listen. And you know, when you record yourself on a cassette player when I was an undergrad, you'd listen back and go, oh, huh. uh -huh. <laughs> so, but it's, it's even, even through just, uh, you know, just a relatively inexpensive mic. When you do that, record yourself and listen back and go, that is what you sound like. And you can get a really good assessment of that. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Butler had a reel to reel player in her office. And oh, a microphone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I remember, that, you know, I was playing through and she would say, okay, let's listen back. Go, oh no. <laughs> and you listen back. So I do remember the one time, the one time I played through something and thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm ready to hear that back. I think, I think that was, I think that was okay. Yeah. And I had not even had the thought complete in my head where she says, great, let's listen to that back half tempo. And it had no. a little switch on it. <laughs> oh, oh. Which then, of course, it goes half tempo, drops the octave. She's like, hmm, yeah, that wasn't really centered. You hear that attack there? And, oh, you hear that? That's what... Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but the, the, what you really learn, play something all the way through, listen all the way back and go, oh, boy, then you really get a great assessment. So, And the better you're recording, the better the assessment that you can make of your own playing. So, mm -hmm. because we watch a lot of people post a lot of stuff online, and I think to myself some of the time, did you listen to that? You're, <laughs> you're okay you know what that sounds that? like? Because I think, listen, I know that virtually, you know, anything can pop up on YouTube and everything's fair game. So, when you're playing, I think it could be fairly easy to catch nearly anybody on a bad day or on a bad tune and go, look, that person sucks. So mm -hmm. I don't worry about those things. But if you put up you playing, that is you saying, I'm good with this. I'm and then, then, I get, right. then I get to make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, as you know, you know I, I'm sending you guys, as I'm working on these etudes, I'm sending them to you guys with a disclaimer on every one. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop that. Don't, don't comment. <laughs> don't listen to the trumpet playing. Don't listen to the trumpet playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you're saying is just don't send them until you're happy. <laughs> oh no, keep sending. Oh yeah, keep right. Sending. We'll right. pick at that scab as oh, much I as know. we can. We did it with your CD. I know that's right. Is that old pop there? Do you hear pop, that, Brian? Did you yeah. hear that? For anyone that doesn't know, years my last CD, I sent it out. I was so proud. Hey guys, tell me what you think. First of all, radio silence for about a day. 
no response. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, did you guys get the recording, the tracks? And then they, then you start coming back. Was that a click at one minute on the third track? <laughs> I hear a pop on the opening track. <laughs> I hate hate you both. It was awesome. A lot. It was great. Well, gentlemen, uh, bolster your buzzers. It's time for a brand new round of Joey Jeopardy. Oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, here are today's categories. Are you Hold ready? On, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm getting my uh, my buzzer up and ready to go here. Brian, your buzzer sounds oh terrible. However, he's buzzing us on the new iPhone 12 Max. Pro Max. <laughs> Is he using the buzzer I sent him yet or no? No, no. no. Why did I make you folding. a buzzer? Okay. I don't know if it's better than the All one right. he uses. All right, so All right, what, are are we, ready? what do we, we got today? All right, today's topics are term limits. Test your knowledge of essential musical items. Musical terms. Okay. No shot. <laughs> no shot. Bits and pieces. These are questions about common orchestral excerpts. No offense, Joey. <laughs> no shot. I'm over two. <laughs> Three. Man. History schmistery. Based on your past display of trumpet history, this is the are you smarter than a fifth grade version? <laughs> the Still answer, folding. No. And a- after this week, <laughs> the answer is no. This topic will probably never appear again because I can't get it any. I can't dial it back anymore. <laughs> Next, before and after, test your knowledge of personnel progression in the trumpet world, teachers, and other gigs, just to clarify. Successors. So, well, that's what you're saying. Successors. Yeah. yeah. Let's go with that for yeah. before and after. Per- successors. And finally, <laughs> our favorite topic duets. I think that speaks for itself. It's a combination of famous trumpeters and others. So, before and after, duets. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm sure that no matter what happened, Joey will say he won the last round. So, Joey, where I, would you like? I have never falsely claimed victory. <laughs> I have said I've been robbed. Now, that's a whole different thing. You, well, that, no one will argue with that. It's a game that is rigged against you. Oh, my gosh. Heavily, right. and wow. it still doesn't help. Now, where would you? <laughs> where would you like to start? Wow. Let's go with uh, history schmistery. Let's go right in. Outstanding. <laughs> oh my God. We're going history right in. schmistery for 100. This composer's favorite things to consume were cereal and a good gin with no tonic, of course. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, oh, Brian. Brian. Uh, oh, Brian. Who is Schoenberg? That is correct. <laughs> For a hundred, well done. Mm. Oh, history schmistry for two hundred. <laughs> history schmistry for two hundred. This former conductor of the Berlin Philharmonic was always first off the airplane with his luggage. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! With no, this. this is outstanding. How That's is this? A, how is this in any way related to trumpet? I'm so proud of this. Well, there were trumpets in the Berlin Phil. <laughs> there still are. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, especially when he conducted it. I got nothing. Uh, I'm going to guess. Sure. Who is Von Carrion? That's right. Herbert Von Carrion. <laughs> Carrion, get it? He always had his luggage. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now angry. <laughs> I, it didn't take long. We're two in, and I'm, I'm furious. <laughs> That's a win for Bill. That's totally a win. <laughs> Brian? Uh, for, for 300. History mystery. Arnold Schwarzenegger's response when asked about starring in a new movie about a very famous composer. Oh, where is it? I got it. Joey's got this. Uh Uh-oh. 
I'll be Bach. That's what right. What is oh. I'll be Bach? What is I'll be Bach? <laughs> I'm getting the See? hell out of here. Um, See? <laughs> <laughs> let's go to term limits. I can fold on that for one. Term limits for 100. Limits, oh. This is underhand over the plate. When a composer wants muted trumpet, they typically write this term. Joey? Mute. <laughs> they Brian, do. I can Con- show you a hundred Consordino is the answer we're looking for. I can show you a hundred pieces that just say mute on it. I'm sure you can. How is am I how am I not getting a hundred for this? Nope, you're not getting a hundred. Brian, Consordino is the answer. For two hundred, please. <laughs> this is garbage. <laughs> Term limits for two hundred. This rare marking, when followed, is enough to evoke reprimand from one's section leader. What? This rare marking, when followed, is enough to evoke reprimand from one's section leader. Wow. I... I... Contuta Forza. No. (laughs) I love the accent, though. That was awesome. That's really nice, Brian. Great. God, Joey, this is tailored to you. This is your question. No, it's not. Keck. Rare marking when followed is is enough to evoke reprimand from one section leader. Plunger stem in. (laughs) Okay, that's never been a real marking. Let's keep going for three. 300. Term used to describe throwing a trombone into a dumpster and not hitting the sides. Read that again. <laughs> the term used to describe throwing a trombone into a dumpster and not hitting the sides. Brian? What is a swish? No. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> it was good. You're on. On the right, you're on the right track. Should I have said musical term? Oh. Yeah, we got nothing. All right. For 300, it's perfect pitch. <laughs> You're fired. Uh, let's go to 400. Let's, get out. let's finish 400. this category and be done. Uh, if you don't get this one, this is going to be We're not getting amazing. this one. 400. Term that indicates a change from bass trumpet to B-flat trumpet in order to add a double C on the last chord. <laughs> the term? The term. <laughs> Listen, I only know of that in one piece, and there is no notation on that yeah. on my part. And know it. I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no notation. <laughs> there is in the revised edition. You're not going to get this. No. Are you ready? Yeah. Mute the tartellino. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to object. It should be and tartellione. Just so tartellione. You know. And I will take 400 for that. Yeah, you got it. Uh, you don't want to finish this category Let's and get out of here? finish it off, please. Let's All get right. out of this. This is brutal. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the tempo at which all students should work when beginning beginning to practice a new piece. Joey. What is slowly? <laughs> no. Yes. Brian. Uh, yes. Again, you're right, but yes, there's a I term. I know I'm right. Why there's am I not a, getting slowly is a term. There's a term for it. What is Andante? No. Tempo di Lerno. <laughs> Damn it. You're fired. <laughs> well, you guys couldn't do well with real questions. I had to make stuff up. All right, where are we going next? Let's go to bits and pieces for one. Bits and pieces Uh-oh. for a hundred. Marked interna. This is one of the most beautiful, one of the most requested and beautiful excerpts on the list. Interna? Yes. I don't think so. 
Nothing. I got nothing. Brian. W- what is the offstage solo to Pines? You are correct. That is right. All right, Brian, where are we going next? All right, two bits and pieces. Bits and pieces for 200. Playing this on C instead of B flat puts me in F, although the prima couldn't care less about my choice of trumpet. Oh, that's... <laughs> wow, Joey. Go, go ahead. ahead, Joey. Did I get in? Yeah, you, you got did. it. Ballerina's dance from Petrushka. There it is. Look at that. There you go. All right. Let's keep going for three. 300 <laughs> bits and pieces. To triple tongue or not to triple tongue? That is the question when playing this beyond famous opening. Oh, I'm trying to buzz. Oh, Brian, I think got in. Oh, what's the opening to Mahler Five? That is right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was technical wow. error on my part. Buzzer failure. Buzzer failure. Hi, it's Brian. Got the new phone. It's a new. Fo- you have more room. <laughs> just it's just faster. Five G. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, for four hundred. Four hundred bits and pieces. Until this passage is played, the curator's work cannot be appreciated. Oh, what is the opening to pictures at an exhibition? Wow. Nice. Hadn't even Brian. got my finger up yet. That was Killing. Nice. For 500. 500 bits and pieces. Author of the 1994 ITG article that ultimately influenced the Philip Norris excerpt book. Influenced. Joey, Doctor William Stoneman. That is correct. Oh my gosh! Oh man! <laughs> wow! Wow! You, you remember the <laughs> folds the entire category, swoops in and ties it up with and just five hundred. Outstanding. <laughs> very happy with myself right now. Well placed <laughs> shot. That's very Let's go with, with successors for one hundred. Before and after, for one hundred. Successors. <laughs> Vince DiMartino taught at the University of Kentucky for many years. He was followed by... Who's Terry Everson. That is correct. Wow. Our friend Terry Everson. Yeah. Terry didn't stay long. Terry's awesome. So let's keep mm-hmm. going. With, let's go with successors for two. Uh-oh. Before and after, 200. For many <laughs> years, Brian Goff was professor of trumpet at Florida State University. Who teaches there now? Joey? That would be Dr. Chris Moore. There you go. Who is well the done. Dr. Chris Moore? Yeah, there we go. The, the Chris Moore. Let's mm-hmm. keep going for three. Successors for three. Before and after for 300. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall Scott, a true gentleman in the trumpet business, recently retired and was replaced by. Oh, no. <laughs> it's one of Joey's students. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is so good. Marshall Scott. Why am I doing bad with names? I normally do better with trumpet names. I don't okay. have it. I don't know. Trumpeter Marshall Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. Brian. That's not helping. I do not have it. I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I'm ashamed. Man, this is it. so great. Where, where was he? Because she's going to hold this over your head. Oh. 300 is Dr. Sarah Herbert. Dr. Sarah Herbert. <gasps> oh, that's who is at Western Kentucky? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. Oh, wow. that's Dr. Our, Herbert we, we, is yelling at us right now. We Sarah, we are z- very, we apologize. Well, no, we've thrown her under the bus before, so. That's true. It's, no, uh, it's her turn. Yeah. All right, <laughs> Joey, where are we going next? Four. Let's keep going. 400. The Count Basie Orchestra has had just seven leaders. Who was the first to take over after the Count? Oh. Oh. Uh, order of operations. Crap. I'm going to take a shot. Uh-huh. Go, take oh. a shot. Not sure if this is exactly right. Who's Grover Mitchell? No. No, yes. but he was in there. He's on the list, but 
He wasn't the first. No, no idea. No, it was Thad Jones. Thad. Mm-hmm. Dumb. Let's finish it off for five. All right, 500 but, uh, before and after. Uh, after the disappearance of Glenn Miller in 1944, the band was reconstituted under the leadership of this person. Joey? It was Tex Beneke. Yes. Wow. Brian is stunned. Now, you were, you were, were you on that band, Bill? Stunned. That right? Yeah, right. <laughs> were you, you were there for that. One night only. <laughs> it's um, ladies' night. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I'm out. You two girls. <laughs> um, same movie. There we are. There we go. Uh, let's go with the uh, with before and after then. Oh, duets. Remember, you still have two left in history. I'm history. avoiding those left two. two. Yeah. I'm hoping this timer will run out. I think Brian is going to kill both of those. Okay, duets for 100. Bebop Jazz and Mr. Mumbles meet the blonde bomber from the Steel City. Oh. Who is Clark Terry Bradshaw? Yes. Oh, wow. That's great. Yes. Yeah, I got to know who's writing well these done. questions. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Steeler Homer. That's James, Dr. James Moore still got that right before you did. Oh, yes, way before I did. All right. <laughs> Let's go with two. Duets for 200. Before Pennsylvania's you. most notable weather prognosticator really takes his job and his trumpet to heart. What? <laughs> <laughs> can you can can you say all of that again? Pennsylvania's most notable weather prognosticator really takes his job and his trumpet to heart. Brian, <laughs> who is Punxsutawney Phil Snedeker? Yes, yes. <laughs> I couldn't get weather prognosticator. That's it, Brian. That was well done, Brian. Well done. Here to go. <laughs> Something's I happened had, with my phone. I had Phil Snedeker. I couldn't figure out what the hell. Punks at Donnie Phil Snedeker. Punks at Donnie Phil is great. You're welcome. That's fantastic. Uh, for uh, for three, was it 300 now? Yes, duets for 300. Before and after. Uh, <laughs> duets. Forrest Gump Sideman blows lead with the Harry Connick Jr. Band. Oh, man. Oh, Joey. You, now you've done this before. It's oh, not that's right. Dan Miller. You're, you're thinking, hold on. Just give me the You're answer. thinking, who is Lieutenant Dan Miller? Yes, I but am. But Dan did not play lead on that band. Roger played lead on that band. But Dan played on that band. Dan did play on the band, Okay. you said blue lead. All right. We're going to give you I'll 50 take points for that, then. I'll take extra points for that. Wait, 50 instead of 300? <laughs> yes. You get docked points for correcting those. I get docked 250 for knowing what you meant you get, and the right answer. You get docked points for editing. <laughs> wow let's go let's go before and, when, and after for four and answer this question when have you never not been punished for editing? <laughs> well that's right okay <laughs> that's duets, for, duets for 400 french piccolo trumpet virtuoso tries his hand at studio wrestling <laughs> who is maurice andre the giant yes! oh wow <laughs> that was great <laughs> <laughs> let's finish that off for five I'm really proud of that <laughs> that's really good okay oh, duets for 500 Philadelphia Jazz Trumpeter helps students pay for college at reasonable interest rates whoa hold on <laughs> say that again Philadelphia Jazz Trumpeter <laughs> who, who is who is Terrell Stafford Loan yes Terrell Stafford Loan <laughs> 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 
<laughs> who is Terrell Stafford Loan? Wow. For five. Nicely done. <laughs> Boom. That's Terrell Stafford. I'm trying Lone. to get That's Terrell awesome. on the show for a while. So there it is. <laughs> Terrell is awesome. That was He's really amazing. good. He came and introduced himself to me at a at a at a, at a uh, college conference thing and I was like, um, I, I know who you are. <laughs> it's cool. You're famous. Yeah, you're famous. Uh, Us little people know you. Um, right, history mystery for 400. 400. Here it is. It is assumed that even prior to the trumpets that were found in King Tut's tomb, that people used these as trumpets. Joey. What are shells? Yes. Wow, Joey got a history question right. That's impressive. It's hard, it's hard to believe. Well, there's only one question <laughs> Last left. Last one. <laughs> Let's knock it out. All right. Number uh, History mystery for 500. Name the town in southern Poland for oh, which... Oh, come an, on. <laughs> wow. Name the town in southern Poland for which an abbreviated fanfare is named based on the unfortunate and abrupt death of the town's trumpet, tower trumpeter. There's a town in southern Poland where a trumpeter in a tower was abruptly killed in the midst of an attack while he was trying to sound a warning to the town. <laughs> wow. This Bold. is, I think, a famous trumpet story. You do not want us on your team in um, no, I'm not Trivial Pursuit. You guys to, no, it's uh, Krakow, Poland. I was going to. Krakow Fanfare. There's a great video of Crispy and Steel Perkins uh, demonstrating it. it on, yeah. It's really great. Humorous. I mean, not at the time, but <laughs> but Crispian's version of it is great. Well, well done, boys. Not really. <laughs> I'm thinking we do a whole a whole show of just duets before and after duets would be just awesome. Yeah, well, that's what saved well, we could do before and after, too, if you like. But I, I like duets. OK. All right. Wow. It's time for a couple of things. Today's lead in music, courtesy of Joey Tartell, is always enjoyable, but maybe never more appropriate than today. Because during this segment that we call a couple things, it's time for us to share some of our favorite things. To be more specific, some of our favorite recordings. On this, our 30th episode, we intend to go 30 for 30 as each of us list our top 10 favorite recordings. Think of it as an open bell version of Desert Island Discs. Now, I don't know about you guys. I knew this was not going to be easy, but narrowing to 10 was... <laughs> a challenge brutal i'm i'm still a little mad <laughs> now i'm not, now, I'm Joey, not happy you, with this you didn't you said that you would be unable to put them in order right i can't put them in order yeah i i opted not to do that too because that was much more difficult than i thought it might be yeah i i, I had a hard enough time and i'll contextualize when i get to my turn of this i don't know when the, when is appropriate how i did this because i i don't think there's a way to limit down to 10 so i had to make myself some rules and as you guys know i'm very good at rules <laughs> <laughs> so because essentially i mean i could come up with 10 i could come up with 10 basie albums i could come up with 10 maynard albums i could uh, come up with 10 miles davis albums yep. 10 freddie hubbard albums i mean that that would be that would be something i might be able to do and put into an order so then to say no just 10 total made it very hard for me. So here are my rules. So I'm just going to go in. My rules were this. Uh, only one artist, 
if I, if I'm going to pick from one artist, I only get one 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 recording from that person mm. or or that band. That's all I'm going to do. That's for myself. And then two, it has to be something that I actually listen to the entire recording because I think there are specific like that track on that CD or that tune or that particular version of. Mm-hmm. There are lots and lots and lots of those. So I thought, what am I talking about when I'm thinking about? I will just put on that entire recording and I will listen to the entire recording top to bottom. So those are my rules for myself. And for me, this wasn't about an academic exercise either. This is much more listening for pleasure. Not right. like what's the best recording of this thing that I can learn right. and do. That wasn't it. It's what I'm listening for mostly, you know, for fun and for pleasure. So that's those are my uh, internal rules. Did you guys come up with your own internal rules on how to do this? Uh, sort of, but... I, I, of course, did not limit it just to trumpet recordings because that's not who I am. And I did allow myself, I had the rule of only picking one per person, but I violated that. But I feel like I've, <laughs> I think I violated like you it made a rule for good it. reason. And I broke it on purpose. <laughs> nice. Because I, I feel, I, as I went back through, because when we get to the end of this, and I'll give you time to think about this, and I don't just want to spring it on you because um, you can think about it as we go through. I want to know your number 11. I want to know what's just on the outside. Here, here's my problem. This is good because they, people will know we haven't talked about this. I have my 10, right? Right. Now, each of those could be their own category. Like right. of, I could find 10 of. Sure. Mm-hmm. But that's just like, if I'm just going to put on one recording of, I love this one, and we'll talk about why and get to that. Underneath that, I have 10 more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so even getting to 11 might not be easy for yeah. me. So I think let's go round robin on this. Is that cool? Sure. Absolutely. And that way we're just not all just kind of, you know, yeah. listing our 10. But let's just go around knowing again that they're not in any yeah. specific order. Now, but now Brian, me- did you did you have any rules for yourself at all? No. Okay. You just went for it. <laughs> I just went for the ones that I just love listening to. Just sit down and listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I just love it. And I think we're all in the same place there. This is an entire we're we're viewing the record as an entity, right? Yeah. Where we all sort of agreed on that. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Great. Well, there's there's a reason that one of the records that I I think it's it's spectacular for one piece on the on the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Who's leading off? Bill, you want to go? Sure, I'll go. Uh, this one was an easy one for me. San Francisco Symphony, Herbert Blumstedt conducting Hinnemith, Mathis, Demoller, and Symphonic Metamorphosis. Sure. Great playing, great interpretation, uh, and uh, came along at a time in my life where I was just really kind of digging in, and this record really spoke to me. We're going to post these, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll this, post the list these, up. These, sure. This list has to be on the... On yeah, the yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll put it up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it'll be up. Yeah. It'll be super helpful. So you guys know that recording. You're aware yes. of that recording. Yeah, I've heard of that recording. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love it. Okay. Yeah, and I think we do this, right? We just give a little justification. Sure. Yeah. Then we move on. Brian, you're yeah. up. All right. So um, Bernstein with the L.A. Phil, the recording that's Barbara Daggio, Gershwin Rhapsody in Blue, and Copeland Appalachian Spring. And it's because of the barber, which is, I think, maybe as much as a minute and a half or two minutes longer than any other recording out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just, it's a spectacular recording and that, that piece in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. My, my list is big band heavy as 
not only do I like performing in big bands, I love listening to them. And I had to leave some of my favorite big bands off of this. But I'm just going to start with a bang here and go, you remember when The Tonight Show started making records? (sighs) Yeah. Now, the first one is great, but the second one's my favorite. The Tonight Show Volume Volume 2. The Volume 2 of that just comes out and you just listen to the doc and that band. It is... If that doesn't make you smile, uh, I think you're more dead inside than I am. So uh, that's uh, I'll, I'll that's, put that uh, out there. That one opens with Tyzik's in the mood. Correct. That's yeah. exactly right. Now, what a lot of people don't know about that. Uh, people think that Tyzik wrote that for the Tonight Show, but Jeff Tyzik actually had his own solo records, mm-hmm. and I remember hearing that in years before. So this would have been early mid '80s. Yeah. Jeff Tyzik, I believe it's his second solo CD. That's on there. Yeah. That's on there. And I was like, oh, it's like in the mood, but wow, what's going on here? And it's him. He's playing the solo part of his own big band. Well, it's funny because Jeff Tyzik, while did not make my list, is all sort of dancing around my entire list. Because if I had to pick a number 11 right now, it would be the Tonight Show record, the first one. The first, oh, not the second one. Well, I mean, I love the second one, and we're talking Uh, about Tyzik. I love the the second one. The other thing was just outside the bubble for me, and you might laugh, uh, although he's one of your boys because you went to Eastman, but, uh, and that's the Mangione stuff. The Chuck Mangione, yeah, no, the, Chuck, the Bella Via, that Bella Via record, Children of Sanchez, Children record. of Sanchez, yeah, sure, yeah, uh, the Live at the Hollywood Bowl record, mm-hmm. yeah, with Jeff blowing lead on that, right? Yeah, and that that's that that didn't Chuck did not make my list either, but I will tell you, I could probably sing and play most of those records still. <laughs> <laughs> so. Cool. All right, Brian, what do you got? Oh, okay, so um, uh. Oh, wait, is it, did we go the no, whole way I around? Think we've gone all the way around. It's your turn. Oh, so it's my oh, turn it's again. Sorry. Okay. Two. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go Wynton Marsalis, Wynton Marsalis, the Gray Album. Oh, yeah. The one with Sister yeah. Cheryl on it. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, again, at a time in my life when I was just drinking it all in, and that was incredible with Branford and Kenny Kirkland and Herbie Hancock played on that. Uh, Jeff Watts, Tony Williams played drums. Great, great it's, yeah, recording. It's, pre- it's pretty good. Mm. He was still playing Bach trumpets at that point. Is that right? I, I don't. Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. It's a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. It was that. <sighs> That's Sister awesome. Cheryl, great tune. All right, I'm going to stay with Winton also. <clears throat> just, just standard time. Oh, standard time. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fantastic. I just love it. Which one? Yeah. One. Just the first one. One. Just the first one. Yeah. I mean, the others, the other, well, they're they're three, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Total. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's right. But uh, yeah. The first one, I just, it just sounds so right to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a jazz guy, obviously, but I just love oh, it's it. Great playing. it's playing. Yeah, it's great stuff. playing. It's tremendous. All the way around. Yeah. 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 Now, Winton was a hard one for me because, of course, there's lots of great stuff there. Didn't crack my list. <laughs> like, wow. It's wow. Like, that's one of the ones right on the outside going, are there, like, are there entire recordings? I would pick this, 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 mm. but that one wasn't, he didn't make it on there. But if you're going to go that way, I'm going to weave back the other way. And I'm going to go with Maurice Andre. Now, this is a hard one because there are specific pieces all the way around. Right. But I will tell you, when I bought the LP of Toot Sweet. Oh, yeah. Sure. That was changing. Yep. That was Toot. changing. And it's something that still I listen to and I listen to all the way through. Yeah. It's, yep. it's delightful music that's played uh, just beautifully and eloquently. That made my, that's probably 12 or 13 on my list. Again, just outside. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love that. I mean, I had I had to get Maurice in there, but 
Yeah, I, I tried to stay away from compilation albums because uh, I think mm-hmm. that's cheating. Although there's one on here, <laughs> I, I, <can't laughs> I have one on mine too. I, I can't avoid one, which I'll explain when we get there. But yeah. that to, that Toot Sweet recording, I I wore that. Oh out. Yeah, 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 on vinyl. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, third one for me. Um, a little more modern uh, recording is Terrell Stafford taking chances live at the Dakota. Oh, Terrell's in the show twice. Terrell's on the show twice today. Yeah, but um, it's my good friend Tim Warfield is on that record. Bruce Barth, uh, Derek Hodge plays bass, Dana Hall on drums, and recorded at that beautiful Dakota mm-hmm. Lounge, right? And just a, a landmark place for jazz, and just a really phenomenal recording. I don't know that recording. I have to oh, listen man, to that. I will fantastic. tell you, there was a, an ITG a couple years ago. This might have been at Hershey. I can't remember mm-hmm. where Terrell got maybe the worst time slot like he got that six o'clock you know oh, right. in the big ballroom it's not the eight o'clock and everybody's sort of clearing out for dinner so when it's starting there just aren't that many people there and i'm sitting in the back i think we were all there mm-hmm. and he comes out with his quintet and i'm going everyone's missing the best thing of the day <laughs> right <laughs> it yeah. was just it was so great on every level musical level entertainment level just great playing great music all the way through it was, it was really fantastic yeah man great stuff all right, Brian. What's what's on? Uh, what's up next for you? Okay, so um, transformative recording for me was um, Simon Rattle, City of Birmingham Symphony, mm-hmm. doing Bruckner Seven. The sounds that that band made, Jesus. So did you just <laughs> name a, a British orchestra? Is that what you're going with? Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's an amazing recording. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that one either. I'll have to listen it's, to that. Yeah. I mean, everybody just laying it on the line. Nobody taking, you know, nobody phoning it in. Everybody just taking every chance. And just He came and conducted Philly a few years ago, yeah. and the reviews were like, I didn't know the orchestra could make that sound. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite recordings. Mm. Or is that to me? That's to you. All right. Uh, well, let's go here. Um it, this was hard with like with jazz players. Like I'm saying, Winton didn't make it on here, but Clifford Brown does. And of all of the records, and there are lots of, of Clifford records I find to be yeah. great to just listen all the way through. They're great all the way through. But my favorite is Clifford Brown and Max Roach at Basin Street. This is just, you know, if you haven't, if you don't have it, just go buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that quintet was just it was fantastic and and listen to him go that's just one of my favorites of those but i could easily have listed at least another at least another five and maybe ten just on clifford brown mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> is this so, a place to talk about what go buy it means that when you buy something on itunes or you listen on spotify that it is the bandwidth is smaller than if you listen on a cd mm-hmm Right, so the pro it gets processed down. It doesn't sound the same um, as, as and as rich as a. Is this one? CD. Is this one? I is this one I should start uh, bashing streaming services that don't pay their artists as well right. for people who are doing this. <laughs> like if you're gonna, if you're well, gonna, you could do that too. Yeah. If you're gonna, my daughters are all mad at me because I won't pay for uh, Spotify Premium or uh, Apple Music or any of those sort of things because. I, I want to go ahead and spend the money on the music so that the money goes where it should, which is especially like when we're talking about somebody like Terrell's record, go buy that, go buy yeah. the, the CD or Definitely. Buy, you know, yeah. own it yourself so that that money goes to the actual artist that made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I just found out that, that um, Sony has introduced a new high fidelity Walkman. 
It's a like Walkman. A Walkman. A Walkman. It's um, huge in terms of what it holds, but it's high fidelity. They're not cheap. <laughs> wow. You can get that top of the line one for like three grand or something. Wow. But it's but it's the real sound, and then it has Bluetooth that it can connect with really high quality. Like if you were to get a set of Kef um, Bluetooth speakers, wireless speakers, mm-hmm. it would really sound like something. So it's crazy, right? So I have a friend with a let's just say a, a very high end stereo system. I'm not going to say where it is because I feel like it's like you want to protect yes its location. Do you know what it's, I mean? That's, or, it's an unbelievable stereo system, though. <laughs> it's an unbelievable stereo. And I remember hearing my own stuff on that and feel like that I was hearing it for the first time. Because <laughs> yeah. compared to even a CD through a pretty good system or headphones or streaming, it's not even close. Not close. Yeah. Not even close. You can invest tons of money, but... Yeah. I just took a quick search while you were saying that, and uh, there are different levels of this new Walkman. Yeah. But the premium... The Sony Premium Walkman with the gold-plated, oxygen-free copper chassis—it's <laughs> thirty-one ninety-eight. It's, it's wow. over literally three grand. It's over three thousand dollars. Wow! To listen to Trombo Moody CDs, I just don't know That's how they're meant to be heard. That's how they're, yeah. Just yeah, a way to get really? right inside the band. Yeah, like you're wow. right in front of Brian's bell, <laughs> where everyone wants to be. Where I've been, and it's not fun. <laughs> All right, moving on. So here's where I'm going to violate my own rule because I'm going back to Winton. Okay. Now, this was a tough one for me because Blue Mitchell didn't make my list, and that's Ooh. that's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Didn't make mine either. He would be somebody just He's on the outside. On the fringe, Absolutely. right. Yeah. But I got to go with Winton Marsalis, Standard Time, Volume 3. You're going to go 3. I Yeah. Oh, I actually, you knew I was yeah. going to go 3. But the yeah. resolution of romance, you know, the, obviously the recordings with his father on piano and you know, we small hours of the morning and all those gorgeous tunes. Mm-hmm. That's a landmark record for me. Yeah. Yeah. Volume three is awesome. Cool. Yeah. Joey, it's to you, I think. I right? think it's to Brian. Oh, back it's to, to Brian. me again. Okay. So I'm also, since we're violating rules, um, my favorite pianist in the world is Martha Argerich. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a recording of her with Nikariakov doing Shostakovich piano concerto, mm. which is just killing. The other two pieces on the recording, I could care less about. <laughs> couldn't couldn't care less. I, yeah, I couldn't care less. Yeah, yeah. but that recording is um, spectacular, and she is she is one of my she is my favorite pianist um, because she plays with incredible tonal contrast, um, incredible rhythmic and musical clarity, and she never. Even when she's playing really soft with a really warm sound, she's never sort of, it's never wispy. And I have those, I hear these pianists who are accompanying and are playing chamber music or solos and just gets so wispy and then so overly romanticized. She doesn't do any of that. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so it's uh, Nikariakov and Argerich doing Shostakovich Piano Concerto. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's okay. pretty good. Yeah. All right, so for violating rules, I, I tried to avoid compilations, but there's one compilation album I can't stay away from, and it's the best of Chet Baker Sings. Oh, so yeah. When oh, I, wow. One, for two reasons for me. One, it's spectacular. You could just put it on, and it's like an hour of mind, a peace, a peace of mind, right? But mm-hmm. the other part is this. When I, when I decided I should probably 
try and figure out some way to learn how to improvise. One of the f- the two of the first things I ever transcribed are on this. But uh, sure, th- both uh, but not for me, and uh, there will never be another you, which is. F- the never be another you is funny because he does it a step higher than the, the standard key. Right. right. So, so I kind of <laughs> learned it there, and then uh-huh. went to go like play with the neighbor song. Went what the what the what the and then I'm like <laughs> my head's going. I'm transposing in my head. It like doesn't make any sense. But it's uh, it's just it's spectacular. Uh, it's spectacular music just all the way through. It's great. But it is a compilation. Yeah. It's from other things. But yeah. that's if we're going to violate rules here, I'm going to go ahead and violate that. Yeah. Um, so my next one, I, I knew that Maynard would end up on the list, yes. but picking the Maynard record now last, you know, last time we talked about um, New Vintage, which I absolutely love because cover, absolutely cover. <laughs> and as much, there's so many great things I love, especially with the time of my life listening to Maynard, but I'm going to have to go with, follow me on this, Conquistador. Really? I do. And for this reason, it's entirely sentimental because that's the first Maynard that I heard. I was at a trumpet lesson in my teacher's house and he says, wow, he says, all right, Billy. That's what he called me. And uh, so he goes, <laughs> what come on, start calling you. I know. Right? So come on here. I want you to hear something. And he puts that record on with Rocky in the living room and we just sat there and listened to it. And so then I had to go. I had to go. And I want you to go get this record, which means I had to go to the record store in town. And I'm sure I walked up to the counter and asked the woman to order for me Conquistador <laughs> right. of course, by Maynard of Ferguson. Of course I did. But and of course, that meant I had to order the record, wait two weeks for it to come in and then play it on my turntable and all that. Wow. But yeah, I so, had that. I had that tape. Yeah. Nice. Cassette, cassette tape. So I think there are uh, there are records that I Maynard records that I would sit and listen to probably before this one. But I had to put one in there like for this sentimental value. Sure. Right. I like it, Brian. Okay, so uh, another orchestral one. Um, this is the um, uh, Bernard Heitink and the Staatskapelle Dresden doing Mahler II live on the 50th anniversary of the Allied bombing of Dresden. Wow! The audience didn't clap at the end. Yeah, <laughs> they were in stunned silence. Yeah, silence. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, okay, I love the live. The live aspect, which I'm going to get to with a couple of mine as well, but mm-hmm. wow, that's that's spectacular. Yeah, and Heiting's yeah. a known, you know, Mahler um, yeah. realizer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's totally great. intense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. Well, if we're if we're going to go to Maynard, which you leaned into, obviously, yeah. it would be easy for me to go ten Maynard records. I could talk right. about it without even. I mean. One of the first for me was was Chameleon. You know, was like you know I could I could listen to Chameleon. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's awesome. I yeah. love listening I to Chameleon. I love Chameleon. Yep. Uh, that I've always uh, MF two has always been a soft spot for me. Yeah. I love MF two. I did a a six trumpet version of Country Road where I just took Maynard's solo <laughs> yeah. out of that and went. Do I have to even write this down? I guess I should because I'm going to notate it because I just know it after having heard it literally <laughs> my whole life. So I've got. You know, I could talk about this for at least another half an hour, but I'll tell you one that I really, really got to like, and it was when I was in the army. I hadn't heard the record. One of my friends uh, loaned it to me. It's called the Blues Roar, mm. and it's it's great. It, I mean, it's just great charts. The whole band is swinging. Everybody's playing amazingly well. It's a great record, and I love it. I don't think it gets enough press, so maybe I just have a soft spot for it because yeah. You know, the old 61 album's great with Olay on it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all the kinds in there. But the Blues Roar, underrated and great Maynard yeah. record. So I'm going with that. 
That's great. Do you know that the 61 record with Olay on it, would you uh-huh. play that on a turntable? Do you know you can hear him playing before he plays? Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, the first version I ever had was an LP. I, yeah. yeah. I think I still have the LP somewhere in my house. There was this sort of distant thing, and then he would... then you'd hear it right then before it came right in. Right before yeah. it came in, yeah. Crazy. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to go... This is an interesting one, but one of my favorite just collective records of all time, U.S. Army Blues with Gratitude. Is the oh name wow! Of the CD. Uh, Liesl's lead playing is spectacular. Actual Graham Breed loves solos, uh, <laughs> and the writing across the board is just incredible. And the that band is, I just love that band. Yeah, yeah, that that's a terrific band. Gorgeous Absolutely. arrangement of Shenandoah on there, and yeah, it's just fantastic. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm up. You're up. So I would never want to be caught without my CD of. Chicago, Cleveland, and Philly brass sections doing Gabrielli. Now, they're not hysterically accurate, right? It's not hysterically accurate. Hysterically accurate. However, (laughs) it's a treatise on how brass should sound. Yes, this was a hard one for me as I bought that LP. It was one of the first CD. I remember when it got re-released for CD. And I went down to uh, when Tower Records was still a thing. And I'm like, I have to go buy that now on CD. It didn't make my list, but I love that recording. <laughs> yeah, love that recording. And of course, you know, one of the things, um, you know, I studied with Gil Johnson. You know, and, and he had some oh. pictures up in his studio. Mm. Uh, and then when I got the job here at IU, I, I was trying to explain to my mother that this is a pretty good place to teach. And I said, "Do you remember that recording that I listen to all the time? Two of those people are here, as you know, um, yeah, Myron, Myron Bloom and D. Stewart were still teaching here at the time. Do they talk about the the, the process? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, and which was. Uh, they all they carved out some time they showed up and they got on stage and started playing yeah they showed up for the weekend and they started recording that's the only thing gil told me was that they said the sound guys had the mics up on stage to start and that didn't work at all (laughs) and they're like this isn't working they said just put just put them up there and so they they put the they put the mics out in the hall and then they just played and it was all and that was it and it was fine (laughs) yeah that was pretty much it (laughs) so a guy i who was teaching euphonium when I first and trombone when I first got to Rowan was um, Tyrone Bruninger, who was the um, retired assistant principal trombonist to the Philly Orchestra, and he was a beautiful euphonium soloist, and um, he is a polio survivor. Um, and when I met him, he had sort of he was bald but had long hair in the back and had um, tattoo sleeves, like he had all these tattoos. Wow. Um, he was an amazing person, a wonderful teacher, um, and a, an amazing musician. That was his first job with the orchestra was that weekend. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> he was like, it was pretty scary. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Wow, that's incredible. Huh. Uh, okay, I'm going to. This is. Am I, wait. Am oh, wait, I, it's you. Yeah, it's, sorry. It's you. Yeah, it's you. All right, so this was a hard one. Uh, we're going to get back into the big band thing, but I, I will tell you, uh, of all the jazz players, there's so many records to choose from. I didn't know where to go, but I'll tell you one that I do find myself just listening to over and over again. It's Kenny Durham, but probably not one that's generally indicative of how we think of Kenny Durham. If you haven't heard Afro-Cuban, go get it. It's a great. It's all the way through. They're great. They're great arrangements. It's great playing. It's all the way through. But it normally, I think. We think of Kenny Dorham as more of a you know swing you know swing type trumpet player you know he's playing swing and he's playing that kind of thing and this isn't it's 
it's a, essentially a concept record. It's amazing. It's so mm. so great. So I'm going to lobby for Kenny Durham Afro-Cuban. People are yeah. getting amazing ideas of things to buy. Yeah. This is cool. All right. So um, now, Bill, we're back to you. All right. Now I'm back to me. Um, so n- here's the diversion from Trumpet stuff. Um, but uh, for me, an incredible recording. Brad Meldow, pianist Brad Meldow. Oh, yeah. I knew Brad Meldow was making your list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm all in. This was the result of me going down the rabbit hole with some Chris Thiele stuff and then finding Brad Meldow. But he did a record called After Bach. Yes. And where he plays Bach pieces and then did compositions in response to those pieces. Mm-hmm. So in other words, musically processing what he felt and heard through Bach's music. And for me, this record, in the, especially in the very first piece, made me realize how close Bach and Hindemith actually are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Musically, honestly, if you listen to the first track of this record, it will all come together in your mind and make sense that they are they are the same musician with different vocabulary. <laughs> I'm going to get back to you on that. I've heard this record. I like this record, yeah, but I've uh, never considered it through that lens. Yeah, so I, I have listened to this thing through and through and through. It's just one of those that's going to be on repeat for me forever because it's it just puts me in a really great place. Brad Meldow after Bach. Beautiful. Wow. Nice. Brian? All right, so I'm going back to Nikaryakov. It's breaking the rule, Joey's rule. I didn't know about the rules. We didn't no, know that, I, I made and the his rules seat. just so I could make the list. <laughs> and it was. St- I'm still mad. And if you ask me to make it next week, it might be completely different. Uh. <laughs> um, I absolutely love his recording um, musically, uh, um, No Limit. I mean, I think it's just a spectacular yeah. mm-hmm. treatise on how to play music and get past the instrument. Um it's got such style, um, and it's just amazing playing. I mean, it's a great technical CD, but um, I just think he sounds fantastic. It's great music, you know. Yeah, I, he, I just can't he's, believe he's doing that on the instrument. He's a player so, that sounds uh, so musical. Yeah, I mean, he he's a player that whether recording or live. I mean, I've heard him live do stuff <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's crazy playing. He is an astounding performer. It's really yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, oh, that's to me. That's to you. To you. Oh man. Okay, we're getting to the good stuff. So, trying to figure out what to do with Count Basie was hard for me because again, <laughs> <laughs> he's easily ten records go through. But I'll tell you what I have a soft spot for. I have a soft spot for for. Uh, for vocals and when i've played in big bands i always love playing vocals mm. uh one uh we had a great singer and i was in the army and, and we i love playing her stuff and then the first time i ever played with the smithsonian we, we had vanessa rubin we were doing all these songbook album things it was so much fun it's such great and even though and this is this was hard for me you know frank sinatra did uh, three maybe four records with the basie band and they're great and i own all of them and i love all of them i'm going with count basie swings Joe Williams sings. Wow. It's delightful. <laughs> it is awesome. One of those things that very regularly I just will have on. And it's the whole record. It's all the way through. It's it's spectacular. I love it. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. All right. Uh, I'll swing back to orchestra stuff. This is going to be similar to one of Brian's picks. I'm going to take Bernstein, Romantic Favorites for Strings. and But it's mm-hmm. New York Phil. Yeah. With- the Barber and the Von Williams Fantasy on a theme by Thomas Tallis, which is one of my favorite pieces. Yeah, and I just I, that's that is a CD that is that I have played over and over in a loop. Its yeah, absolutely. Yep. 
Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More Bernstein. More Bernstein. More Bernstein. Yeah. Okay, so um, Maurice Andre uh, has to make my list, of mm-hmm. course. Um, it is sort of a compilation because it's great trumpet concertos. It's a whole mess of yeah. CDs. Um, so, I, you know, again, the rules. Um, but for the Telemann and for the Hummel, um, just sp- I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of his of his Haydn. It's I mean it's obviously great, um, but his Telemann and Hummel just spectacular. I heard him do the Hummel live with the DSO, and uh, <laughs> he was playing, and I was just sitting there going, "That's just like the freaking recording. That's just <laughs> unbelievable. Wow, that's not any processing at all. It's that, just him." And I never got to see him perform live, which is which is really a drag. You know, it's great. This is what YouTube's for: is you can see live performances, yeah. and you can see exactly what you're talking about because. Those Telemann recordings, that's a piece I was trying to learn how to play young. And you listen and go, well, that sounds easy enough. And then you start trying to play it. And now you can actually watch and go, well, that looks easy enough, too. <laughs> I mean, it's really remarkable. I mean, that that man was uh, truly just, I mean, for anybody our age, he, that's how we learned how to play piccolo trumpet. Because those, no those are the only recordings that were really out. There weren't a lot out sure. there. That's, that's the sound. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we were talking. We were talking about live albums before, right? It's my mm-hmm. turn, right? All right, so there are lots of good ones. And again, if we're talking, we're going about. I'm going back into the big bands, and we talk about Buddy Rich, and so many great albums. But the live albums. So my favorite, the Swing and New Big Band. Mm. Oh, the lineup. Oh, I think this is when Bobby was playing lead. I think Bobby Shue's playing lead on this. Oh, and the charts all the way through. It's and and it's you know they just follow them around and record it live, and it's. That's what the band sounded like on stage, and it's the energy. You can feel it. You can feel it digitally. You know, yeah. you didn't have to be there. I mean, it would obviously, I imagine, been even better being there. But that album, great charts, great band, Bobby playing lead. It's smoking. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it's a little different than an orchestra doing like a subscription series, right? You do a, they do a Friday, and then they do a Saturday, Thursday night, and Friday night, Saturday night. And maybe you don't get like that kind of energy, but when you when a big band is playing a gig, like that's when they're really yeah. can be really on. It can be you, that can just come right out of the speakers at you. Yeah. that kind of energy. And I think and I think it does. Yeah, absolutely. I, this is the thing that always amazes me about when you start to talk about listening and recordings and all this. How quick, quickly, or more quickly, I think we are to go to the personal level when it's jazz than when it's an orchestral recording. We talk about, okay, that's the New York Phil. And so since it was Bernstein conducting or it was Rattle conducting Birmingham or whatever it happens to be, but we don't, you're not as quick to get to that next layer where with jazz, it's typically about the people. Like, yeah, yeah it's a Buddy Rich big band and Bobby was blowing lead and Chris was playing lead <laughs> tenor. And you know what I mean? Like you just go right in yeah. the personal aspect of it. Yes. Always, always fascinating to me. Yeah. Uh, am I up? Yep. Up. All right. This is going to be an interesting one for you guys. Chris Thiele phosphorescent blues now this is a punch brothers record he is a, a group chris is does a lot of things but he's got this string band essentially this really rocking heavy metal string band that he plays with called punch brothers the writing on this record these could be symphonies like they could be he could be writing for any genre this music would work and holds together but it's essentially um a small band and vocals and all that but in terms of the construction and the artistry that's there incredible record wow yep yeah i gotta look that one up what does chris Thiele play 
he's a virtuoso mandolin player and he hosts um the npr thing it used to be um it's live from here is what it's called now it used to be prairie home companion uh now it's live from here Um, and they were recording in new york city um but he's got he played with nickel creek He's done a bunch of solo stuff with Edgar Meyer. Uh, it was hard for me not to put a goat rodeo sessions. I've been waiting for the goat rodeo. <laughs> I know. Well, I have been I, sitting here waiting for goat rodeo. I knew it was going to be here. Goat rodeo is sitting on the outside because this record has pushed that aside a little bit for me. Yeah. It's that good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That good. All right. All right. That's good. Brian? All right. So back to Maynard. Um, is Trumpet Rhapsody a compilation CD? Do you know that? Oh, I don't know. Is this all you know, romantic stuff, but particularly for tenderly. Oh yeah. Because I think that's just, it's amazing playing. You you just can't believe that somebody can do that and sound like that for that range. I mean, complete command of the entire range of the instrument. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I find that just stunning every single time I listen to it and you know, just love it. So it's gotta be on my, if I have to, you know, whittle it down to 10 i want to be able to hear that regularly mm. absolutely yeah go. i thought about trying to cheat and just putting on the uh the, what was the 10 cd uh maynard compilation thing from like all the 60s stuff like can that just oh, be right. one <laughs> <laughs> the roulette the roulette it all gets there yeah. compilation <laughs> right that's one record <laughs> you know, it's 10 cds worth of stuff that's amazing yeah so i made that against my own rules mm. um all right so i'm up yeah Okay, so back we're we're back to another big band I can't live without, which is the Woody Herman band. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and, and speaking of live albums, the one that didn't make it, and this was a hard line for me, was the 50th anniversary album, which was recorded live as well. You know, Rogers playing lead on that, and it's it's spectacular all the way through. It's John Fetchock's charts, and the band is killing. But the one I don't think people know enough of, and it is my favorite, is My Kind of Broadway. Mm. Now I'd never heard of this record, and I remember the first time somebody put I was I was in the army. One of the guys said, "Hey, listen to this," and he just gave me headphones, and and he played me one tune, and I'm listening. I'm going, huh? And we get to the shout, and it's going up, and I go, "Hold on, is that Bill Chase? Is this Woody Herman's band?" And he says, "Wow, that's pretty good. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Bill Chase's band because the high A's were really low, but <laughs> like, like going. I mean, just totally cranking through. And there's they're all Broadway tunes." Mm-hmm. It's smoking. The band is killing. The playing is unbelievable. Bill Chase is playing lead. Yeah. Go check it out. My kind of Broadway. Woody Herman. Yeah, that's great. That's funny because my my high A's are flat too. In fact, they're like an E. <laughs> <laughs> right around it. Fourth E E plus. But it was right hard to there. it was hard to find. Like I was I, yeah. I actually I ended up uh, like making a cassette of his cassette at the time until it got reissued and then with oh, CDs started more and more coming. I ended up buying it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Great. All right, last last round. Here we go. Uh, this one, if you were to force me to put them in order, might be number one. All right. Just I'm just and saying. And it's not goat rodeo. It's not goat rodeo. No. Okay. Uh, I don't know a... that we've ever talked about this thing in particular. This problem I have with this particular recording. Um, Glenn Gould, Goldberg Variations, nineteen. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Wow. And I really? like. I like the 1981 too because it's a little more wise, a little more informed, introspective than the 55. Um, but it totally speaks to me. I could listen to it. I and I have listened to it over and over and over. Fallen asleep to it many times. Yeah. 
Wow. For a while, when I was waking to an alarm with music, it was mm-hmm. the aria from this recording every morning. That Very cool. Very it cool. is beautiful. It is beautiful recording. No Absolutely. Question. Yeah, without question. And his singing is spectacular. He does close enough to pick him up. There's there's a great uh, there's a video somewhere of him learning something, sitting down at the keyboard, learning something and gets up and walks away, clearly angry and they come back. And this thing, it's so smoking fast, like you can't barely see his fingers moving like just you got to check that stuff out. Yeah, it's genius. The rage to master. Yes. The rage to master. Yep. All right. So this this last one for me is um, a must a must have, um, and it's educational too, because this is just how this stuff goes, and it's um, the Philadelphia Brass, a festival of carols in brass. Mm. Oh if yeah. If you're out playing Christmas carols, and we all do it. This is the way they go. And, you know, so I'll take my students to gigs and I have, you know, a, a sextet that we, we take over to my church. Um, and I pay the students as a donation to the church. And we do, um, we play out of the Rasmussen books um, and we do this instrumentation. But I'm always struck by how wrong the style is because <laughs> students just don't, <laughs> this isn't what they do, right? And so before we do the gig now, I tell them, you have to go listen to this before we come do the gig. <laughs> this is how they go. <laughs> because I think it is. It's how they go. They're very simple, right? It's uh, just the instrumentation with the euphonium. Um, and uh, so six players. And uh, just the style is fantastic. The Rasmussen arrangements are great. It's just tremendous. Cool. That's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So my last one. And uh, again... I'm trying to put things in there that I just like listening to. There could be another list of 50 here, but uh, <laughs> the joy of Dizzy Gillespie oh. is, is something that <laughs> is uh, I, I don't want to live without, right? And so my, one of my favorite records, maybe my favorite Dizzy record, is Alive in Paris. Again, it's a live thing. So he's got Joe Carroll, who's a very cheesy, cheesy singer on this thing. But the like the chart I did on Goodbait, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I took off of this. It's oh. like one of the things. It's like this is okay. this is the, my first time I ever heard good bait was on this, and also on this record is uh, uh, one of my favorite tunes, uh, the sunny side of the street. You know, with this little Great kind tune. of change of some alternate lyrics on the back end, and the band sings, and it's the playing is astounding. the The energy is amazing, and you, you just and I did get to see Dizzy live a couple of times. When you see Dizzy, and this is a live performance again, a live performance in, in Paris. The joy of making music. I don't know that anybody uh, embodied that better than Dizzy Gillespie, and 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 you can hear it on this record. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. All right. Song. I saw him live at Detroit Montreux Jazz Festival. Absolutely yeah. spellbinding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. yeah. Well, that's a, that's an interesting list. Maybe a little different than we thought it might be. Yeah, it's hard. But and it, like I said, okay, so you brought this up before. So, Bill, what's right on the outside for you? Uh, for me, it, it's going to have to be the goat rodeo stuff because yeah. of the, it really is like I, those, the level of music making and the way they make music and the craftsmanship and all that, I think is truly remarkable. All the improvisation. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, what's right on the outside for you? Oh, like um, Rite of Spring, Cleveland doing Rite of Spring. Um, <sighs> Uh, Chicago doing Poem of Ecstasy, hearing Bud play that, mm. just staggering playing. Yeah. Um, those are, you know, 
just on the outside. There's a, there's an amazing recording of, um, is it, who's the, um, her name just went out of my out of my head. The violinist, um, uh, German violinist, doing Brahms with Berlin um, Brahms Violin Concerto is just, mm. you know, mm-hmm. just stunning. So things like that, you just wouldn't want to be without. If you know, I'm just right. glad we still we don't have to be yeah. without it. <laughs> no, it's accessible. And no brass right. band, and no cornet players made I my did. top I was astounded I by that. Part. A little that. crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so here's the hard part for me. Aside from the people that just didn't quite make it, because maybe there aren't whole albums. Like, how do I not have Miles Davis on here? How do I not have Freddie Hubbard on here? <laughs> I know. How do I not have no. the Thad Mel band or Duke Ellington's <laughs> band on here? Yeah. Like those things. But I'll tell you, as hard as that was, because you know I could make a list of ten miles of records that you have to have, and same thing with Freddie. The pop stuff was hard for me to keep up. Oh yeah! Like if you haven't heard Earth, Wind, and Fire, faces, <laughs> sure, faces. Right. yeah, yeah. There are a couple things on there. You listen to the brass playing, and they're a groove, and it's like, this is the coolest thing ever. Tower of Power, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Tower of Power, like, and and we all know we brought up Mick Gillette on here before, but Monster right. on a Leash, oh, Lee Thornberg's yeah. playing on that record is stellar. <laughs> Lights it's out, just great. Yeah. You know, and then even some of the more modern stuff. Like, uh, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. People like to bash on Gordon Goodwin's band. I think because it's good. You know, like we've talked about before. How do you right. make? Pe- how do you get people to trash you? Well, just get good and get popular. Get good, and that'll yeah. But I remember hearing the, their first record, which I really like, XXL. It's great, and I thought, wow, the production value is unbelievable. Until I saw the band live and went, oh, no, that's nope. just how they play. Just the way they play. It's great. You know, so yeah. keeping the pop things out, like all the Al Jarreau stuff uh, in the 80s, which also you know, we grew up with, keeping that stuff off there, it's like, but, well, uh, yeah, that whole, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. hard. Well, it's maybe hard. We'll, maybe we can refine our approach, and we might have to come back with some other lists that are more genre-specific, right? That'd we be could interesting do that. to do. You know? We could do yeah. that, yeah. Well, we've kind of already leaned into this a little bit, but let's go ahead and stay with our format and get to No Offense. Today's topic, listening to music on a subpar system, like your phone. So that's where I was going. <laughs> oh, all, there it is. With all the technology available, when it's time to listen, and I mean really listen, study a score, check out a reference recording, etc. nothing works as well as a great set of headphones. Uh, and if you're doing serious listening on your phone, you're just doing it wrong. Yeah, you just can't get that sound. Yeah, you can't you get You can't detail. get any depth of sound coming out of, sound, uh, out of your phone speakers. Mm-hmm. Now it can carry good music to you, but not through that not through that speaker. I mean, I've yeah. been astounded at how good phones cameras have gotten, both from just the the, the perspective of taking pictures, but also video, right? Mm, right? Like you could you can take high high quality video and high quality pictures with your phone, but you're still not getting high quality audio in or out. Like yeah, the yeah. mics are okay, the mics yeah. and the speakers are functional, and boy, imagine. If we could uh, upgrade that part, if you could put a studio mic and a studio speaker, and I know it's a sound problem, a, a size problem, but imagine that as the next revolution in phone. That would be an mm. amazing, right? Yeah. I think right. it's all it's a, it's a compression problem too, right? To get the yeah. information to transfer the depth of sound, it's a compression problem. You know, using larger stereo cables on your home stereo matters. Using, having more energy in your amplifier matters to how, 
how good this quality of sound is to drive the speaker. Having a speaker, a bass woofer that's expensive enough that it can not only make the sound, but stop, it has to stop the woofer from vibrating. That's mm -hmm. what gives you the clarity. That's a really hard engineering problem, and that costs a lot of money. It <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. And when you need it as loud as Brian does, <laughs> you're going to be spending some money. He likes Absolutely. it loud. I do um, like it loud. You know, I was just snooping around. I mentioned the Sony MD80 studio monitors that I'm wearing that I that I use all the time. They're about a hundred bucks at Sweetwater, but as I was snooping around, I also found AKG open back headphones. Now AKG is a good brand. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, they make, they make really good, good microphones. Are really good. Um, they make really good cardioid mics. But the AKG open backs were forty nine bucks. That's worth the gamble. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For absolutely. that brand to get an open back uh, head, set of headphones. Yeah. So I think along with what we talked about earlier too, like it's worth it to dive in and just get a few components to help you with recording, but mostly with listening. So you can be, you can yeah, otherwise you're not, you're not really listening because no. uh, if what you're going to hear, what you're going to hear through your phone, you're not going to get the bottom. What Brian's talking about. It's not just, not just a compression issue, but a size issue. Like your phone right. isn't a big enough speaker to make that happen. Right. Uh, but then you, so you're not getting the bottom of it and it's only going to thin out everything else. You're not hearing the depth of sound that you, you should be hearing. Absolutely. And, and then, so then go ahead. No, I was saying then, and then if you think about that, if that's the image you're creating in your head to play, well, that image is not informed entirely, yeah. right? It is not really informed with the depth that it needs to be. Yeah. Absolutely. If you really want to know, you got to go sit and stand in the room, sit in the room with the people who are doing this, making those noises. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a very different experience than hearing it from speakers or over your phone, definitely over the phone or the compressed stuff you get through, through iTunes or the, or the internet, the streaming services, you're sitting in the hall listening to Philly play mm -hmm. or Chicago. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a very different experience to be uh, in the balcony, listening to Bud Hurst that saw down pictures and till Spiegel on the same show as a, I think I was in ninth grade and mm. going, Holy crap. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To hear him take over a stage or to hear Mike Sachs play when I was over and play Don Juan and and um play up to the high B and you can see everybody else playing, but you can't hear anybody else playing. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's and what that's, pushes and that's Brian's where it buttons. started for Brian. <laughs> <That's where it's laughs> yeah. Ninth grade. Drown out the drown out the mm. strings. Louder. Louder. Yeah. Louder. Yeah. So yeah, we know we know it costs some money to get there, but you know you kind of chip away at it and you put put yourself together a pretty good kit. So, well, listen, that about does it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Open Bell. Stay tuned, subscribed, and tell your friends and students. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell. Thank you.